You're listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Sterling Chapman, as always. Today, I am joined by Gustavo Munez Castro. He is the founder and CEO of Power ISA. He is here to help us and talk about deal flow, the one uh, pain point that I think all of us real estate investors are constantly coming up against, especially in today's market where there seems to be money around every corner, but no deals anywhere to be found. So, Gustavo, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have a ton of questions on this one. Awesome. Thank you, Sterling. Glad to be here. Gustavo, can you give us a little quick rundown of your background, kind of how you got into real estate, how you got into finding deals and what you did before and, and what made you switch gears? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, born and raised in Mexico. I, you know, went to school in Mexico. I got recruited uh, to go work for Microsoft. This was back in 2004, like a while ago. Uh, and I moved up, uh, moved to the U.S., moved to the U.S., you know, got to work there. And I worked at Microsoft for 10 years. So it wasn't like a, like a short <laughs> career. It was a pretty, you know, I was there for quite a while. Um, and, you know, during that time, you know, it was, I mean, it's a great company, great, you know, high tech is a great career, uh, you know, but it wasn't, it was a dream job. I, I love saying it this way. It was a dream job. It just ended up not really being my dream. So I, 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 right. I went there. I got a lot of, you know, benefits from being with such a big company. I was able to come to the U.S. They helped me become a citizen. I mean, you know, nothing but good things to say about that company. Um, but one of the things that happened, you know, when I, when I was there, my wife moved with me a couple of years later she, from Mexico, went to join me. Uh, and she got licensed as a real estate agent. As soon as she was able to work, she got into the game. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I thought you wanted to do something else. He's like, no, no, let's find <laughs> out. She, she was, it was 2006 at the time. So the market was like in, it was 100%. It was going crazy. Um, when she first arrived, it was 2006. She got licensed in 2008, right? Because, man, this market's never going to end. It's a bull. You know, it's, wow, it's going crazy. <laughs> um, well, you know, you know, 2008 happened. Uh, but she was the rookie of the year for her office with Coldwell Banker. You know? she's, and I think she only had to sell like nine deals <laughs> to do that, right? But it was like the world was ending and she was making it happen, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, so I got licensed in 2010, still working at Microsoft full time. And I would help her out at nights and weekends, which I, you know, was, was fun for me. Um, and I ended up being more interested in having more fun in my side gig, which is real estate. Uh, and again, this was, this was helping her sell deals, uh, you know, as an investor getting, you know, single family properties, you know, for myself, uh, you know, and, 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 and trying to trying the flip game and all these things, you know, Sterling, we all go through at the very beginning. I lost my shirt on my first flip, obviously. <laughs> right. Uh, Cause the, the market was accelerating downwards at that time. Um, so, you know, it was really interesting a process. I got more interested in that than in high tech than in software. Right. Sure. So in 2013, I said, you know what? I'm either going to try this out and see what happens, or I'm just going to go back to my, you know, worst case, worst comes to worst, I go back to Microsoft. That's my like worst case scenario. So there is no worst case scenario, right? Because they'll yeah. take you if you're broke, right? You can get a job, you know, <laughs> if you have the skill set, they'll take you, right? So I said, let's, let's see what happens. I was going to take six months, a six month sabbatical from Microsoft and help my wife make her first few hires and scale up her real estate team, right? So that six months, it was in July, 2013. That six months has been almost eight years to the dot. And I haven't looked back since. Awesome. Awesome. So how does, how's it evolved since then? So you, you took a six month sabbatical to help your wife build up her real estate agency. Yeah. And, and, and then today 
uh, what does your business look like today? And kind of how yeah, it So great, great, great question. So yeah, that, that, I'm missing that last piece, right? So, um, you know, we started with just her and me and that real estate team. We, have, we made two hires, administrative assistant, transaction coordinator, like to scale up that team. But along the way, we, we ended up, as we grew the team, uh, to about 10 million in volume, about 30 transactions. Um, you know, you know, pretty medium sized in the grand scheme of things, but one of the top 10% in that area. Um, I discovered a role called the inside sales agent role, ISA role, right? Which is what we call the telemarketing role for real estate. It's, it's ISA. And, that, and they do outbound prospecting and they convert inbound leads. They do all that fun stuff. I discovered it and I, I met some team owners that were taking that model to the hilt, right? Five people doing that role on their team, 10 people doing that role on their team, even more. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I wonder what the, I want to learn more about that. Um, and I took a class and I got a coach and I hired my first ISAs in Seattle. That's my you know, home market, Seattle. And, you know, I, and my, my, an ISA that I trained up within a couple of months was setting 22 listing appointments for me in a month, in a single month, one person calling full time. And I was like, okay, this is super interesting to me now, right? I, sure. this, is, this, is, this role has a lot of potential. And I put two things together for me. I was originally from Mexico, had my, my family down there, a lot of connections there, and I was doing real estate in the U.S. So I said, I bet I can make a team in my home country, Mexico, uh, that can help my can do calling for me here in the U.S. I bet I can make that happen. Because one of the biggest things I dealt with, uh, Sterling, was retaining great ISAs on my team. It was challenging, man. You get the really good telemarketers, the callers, and they want to get licensed. It's natural. It's a normal part of the process. They get really good at what they do. They kind of want to move on. Uh, it, it, was a, it was an entry-level position. It was an entry-level sure. position. And I, bet, I said, man, I bet I can make this a role back home in Mexico. And this is going to be the job to have. This is going to be a great career for someone, right? It's not going to be the initial stepping stone to do something better. This is going to be better uh, for them, right? Because of, of the benefits you can provide, the salary, bonuses, everything. So it did that. I started with four people uh, in my team. Uh, and immediately, like as soon as I told people in my office I was doing this, four agents, four different teams gave me $10,000 and said, can you build a team for me? Like immediately, like within the first 30 days. I didn't even have anything built, by the way. Didn't have anything started. I was going to do it. They knew that I could do the role. They knew that I could, I'd hired and trained people for it in the US. And I said, man, if, you, if this works in Mexico, I want in. That's what they told me, right? And, I, and I, again, in real estate, I am used to chasing leads, chasing the client. Like you really have to hustle to get clients in real estate. You really do. I had never had people coming to me to give me money, certainly, like ever before in real estate. So I'm like, okay, there's a need here, right? There's, there, the market needs a service like this. And I started with those four people hiring me at the beginning and building my own ISA team. Uh, and now we have 126 people full-time working in the company right now. And we service hundreds of clients. Uh, I think it was 700 active clients uh, as of this morning, uh, working for them, calling their leads, prospecting for them uh, across the US and Canada. So it's pretty crazy. Awesome. Awesome. So how does that translate into for real estate investors? Yeah, great, great, great question. So real estate investors have a similar version of this problem. They have, so, so investors are interesting for a couple of different reasons. Number one, uh, they, they, they're different than real estate agents in the sense that they have to pay a lot more for their leads, right? They, sure. they, they buy lists, they're list builders. A lot of investors, that's how they kind of generate deals. They buy these lists and they market to these lists, whether that's direct mail, whether that's you know phone calls, emails, pay-per-click, whatever it is. Um, they, they market to these lists. That's how a lot of investors kind of kick it off. 
So real estate agents are similar, but they kind of want to, those lists are like the general population. They want to talk to anyone and everyone, right? That's interested in real estate, which is like essentially the, the phone book, right? Sure. Investors tend to be, tend to be more targeted. They build a list and they market to that. ISA, my role, my company um, is just another way to market to those lists by doing phone calls and text messages to them, right? And it's a, it's a follow-up game. It's an it's a outreach game. Whoever can do the outreach more effectively, more efficiently, and convert that deal is going to win. And that's how we help investors. We help build their prospecting side of their business, whether it's cold outreach to a list or they're following up with inbound leads. Some investors, once they scale their business, they're, they're paying for traffic. They're buying ads on Facebook, on Google. Sure. They're generating some of these motivated seller leads, and they need help converting those too. Those are, hard, those are still hard to convert, even though they're coming to you. There's still a challenge to convert them. It's a follow-up game to convert those. And that's for, so ads work primarily, they work really well for single family investors. And I'd say small multifamily is probably where that internet lead generation game is, is the most effective. If you want, if you're an investor that's more focused on, you know, a, a larger commercial properties, larger multifamily, mobile home parks, strip malls, you know, the more the warehouses, more of the commercial side, then outbound prospecting is what we do. It can help that segment of the market, right? And that's just working those lists, working the lists of uh, people that have bought and sold properties, owner lists of commercial properties, and just, just having a really quick conversation with them. Hey, this is Gus with, I don't know, Keller Williams commercial team. Um, you know, just wanted to see if you're interested in buying something I have available, right? I've got something on the market. It's going to hit the market within a few weeks. I want to know if you're interested in that. No, they're not. I mean, probably not. Great. How about yourself? Do you have any properties that you'd like to diversify, sell, interchange or something different, right? So, so, you, so we're starting conversations with these owners um, and we're trying to find the owners. Not, they're not easy to find sometimes, right? Um, the mom and pops might be easier. The more, the more they get behind the LLCs and these different structures or gatekeepers can be sure. a little bit more of a challenge. But that's essentially what we're doing for the investors. We're qualifying and converting some of those inbound leads and we're doing outbound prospecting on some of those lists. Awesome. So what is your, what does your price look like for this? Cause I, I think every, every investor knows that their main pain point is typically um, lead generation and there's a lot of great programs out there. And I think the only thing holding most people back is uh, the price on a lot of them. Um, and, and, and the, really the, the problem with, with the price on a lot of them is that you, you don't know how effective they are because like, if, if you got one deal, you know, that made you 20 grand in a two month period where you're paying $10,000 a month for a program, well, it's, it's paid for itself. Um, I think the fear is like spending thousands of dollars and, and never seeing anything back. So like, I guess it's two questions. One is like, what's your success rate? What's your kind of like, you know, how, how many lead conversions are you typically seeing? And then what's the price and how does that, what's the, what's the ratio relationship there? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good question. Cause I totally, I mean, I'm a business owner myself, right? And if I'm going to make a commitment, uh, you know, that I have to invest thousands of dollars into, um, I'm going to ask kind of the exact same question. So I'm going to ask your question a couple of different ways. Number one, I want to answer it more generically, not just power ISA. Cause let's say, let's say you want to hire someone in house, like someone from, you know, the, in your area or someone from your database or someone that you found, you know, on indeed.com. So if you want to hire an in-house ISA, um, that's going to cost you somewhere between, it's usually a salary plus bonus position, right? Cause you want someone that's going to be in sitting down all day on the phone, 
Um, so you have to have some kind of base salary to keep them there. But they're going to be, they really want to go fishing for that, those commission checks, right? So it's got to be some kind of salary plus bonus uh, uh, position. Typically in the U.S., it's going to cost you maybe 10 to $20 an hour. 10 on the low end. Some states you can get away with that. Get someone in the office for 10 bucks an hour. In some areas, it's got to be closer to 20 bucks an hour because you're going to be in a higher cost of living area, right? And then you got to get them in the room for that cost, 10 to 20 bucks an hour, plus whatever you're going to bonus them on, right? And that, and that just depends on your deal size. It might be 1%. Of a deal, it might be ten percent of a deal. If 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 your deal size is going to be twenty thousand dollar gain, um, maybe it's going to be ten percent because you want to get a couple a couple grand off that deal. If you're a real estate agent and your commission checks are larger than that, like thirty forty thousand, okay, well you might have to do five percent of, of a deal that's uh, that's way larger than that. So you got to figure out what that commission structure looks like. But ISAs make uh, salary plus commission, so that's for the U.S. based ISA. If someone wants to hire right now, you know we're in the pandemic. People are going to work remotely anyway for a lot, in a lot of areas, right? So you have the ability to not just hire remotely within the U.S., but a lot of folks hire remotely outside the U.S. And primarily for real estate, uh, people go to either the Philippines or Mexico and Latin America. It's typically the two markets uh, that you're going to fulfill. And, and, and they're very different, right? Philippines uh, is always going to be the lowest cost. You can get someone uh, that can, they can speak pretty good English, decent English, uh, for 2 to $3 an hour. Um, and sometimes like college educated, even like a master's degree, uh, Philippines is kind of a, a, a funny place that way. Um, you can get it for a couple bucks an hour. Uh, and, and, and then and, and probably you want to do, do a little bit more than that because the, the, the higher the salary, the better the English skills sure. are going to get, right? Um, Mexico and Latin America are going to be more expensive than that, uh, but less in the U.S. So even Mexico is going to be maybe four to six bucks an hour, but you're going to get people that lived in the U.S., and, you know, I don't know if you've worked with virtual assistants before, you know, Sterling, mm -hmm. but it's a big difference. Someone that speaks really good English versus someone that's like speaks U.S. English, like, you know, and, and I'm talking about like sarcasm and right. the U.S. humor, the U.S., you know, that's a very U.S. thing. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to teach that in an English school. Uh, you know, you have to really be immersed in the culture uh, to kind of get that kind of stuff. And that's what you get. By hiring folks that have lived or just closer to the U.S. in general, that's the biggest difference I see between Philippines and Mexico is that the the immersion in the U.S. culture and picking up specifically on things like sarcasm. Like it can be hard for folks that aren't native English speakers to understand. I'll give you an example. I, I had a, I, I've had ISAs in the Philippines work for me, and one of them told me, "Hey, Gus, I've got a million dollar listing appointment ready to go. Here, here's the information." And then I listened to the call and, and the person and like, hey, would you like to sell your home? And the person said, yeah, I would sell it for a million bucks. But I go, and that's <laughs> a little bit different than a million dollar listing appointment. Uh, but again, they were doing exactly what I told them to do. Sure, right? so sure. got the answer that they, that they thought was good. Um, but, but if someone is like hearing that and they're hearing the tonality, like this, and again, just, that makes no sense, right? With, with what we're trying to achieve here, the price point, the market, the answer doesn't make any sense, right? You can run into some of those situations, but, but yeah, Mexico and Latin America, which is where I source my ISAs is going to be a higher cost because it's just a, it's a, it's a higher, higher skilled market. That's, you know, that's how, that's the cost of labor, right? That's a cost of goods. If you want to then hire a company like mine, we're an agency, Right. We hire, train and, you know, uh, uh, get these folks. And then we in turn allow them to be embedded with our clients. If you want to hire an agency, that's going to have an additional cost. And it's going to be anywhere from 10 to 12 dollars an hour all in um, is going to be what you're going to do. If you want an ISA company to hire, train and manage the ISA for you. Essentially, if you want to outsource that activity to another company. Is it going to be pricier? Yes, it is, right? Than doing it all on your own. 
Um, you know, and, and it just depends where you are in your, in your company. You need to outsource that activity at the, at the beginning. You need to outsource it because you just don't, don't want to deal with it. Or are you ready to bring someone in-house, train them, educate them on how to, how to do that role within your company? Because guess what? The ISA role might be different for you, Sterling, sure. than it is for me, right? Because I am spending big bucks on Facebook and Google, right? To, to generate, you know, single family seller leads. But you might be doing, you know, $10 million multifamily uh, warehouses and mobile home parks, maybe, right? So like, yeah. okay, well, you're, you need an outbound shark and I need an inbound customer service nice guy. They're, sure. they're, they're, they're coming into me. So we need different kind of, kind of people. Um, but that's the role. That's essentially the role. So I don't know if I answered that question for you. You, had a, you asked a really good question. What's the return on invest or the conversion rate? Um, it's going to be way different for the guy running Google and Facebook ads like sure. ridiculous, versus the guy that's doing cold calling, right? So I, I'm always really careful when I answer that question because like it depends, right? It depends a big time. If we're calling neighbor, cold calling the neighborhoods, a 1% conversion rate to, to qual- not even do it, to deal, qualified lead. If we're cold calling a neighborhood, 1% conversion to qualified lead is pretty typical. If you're spending money in some of these ads, and these leads are going to cost you $50, $60, $80 a lead, then you're looking for 10 times that, right? I need a 10% conversion rate to make this even make sense for me because I need to have my, you know, I'm spending 50 bucks a lead, but I'm willing to spend, you know, $500 to $1,000 to acquire a deal. That makes sense. A thousand bucks to get a deal, I would do that. Even retail real estate, I'd spend that every day of the week, a thousand dollars to acquire a deal, sure, have someone sure. sign. On the dotted line. I spend, I could do I spend, $5, I spend right? five times more than that on closing costs every deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, that, that's the kind of numbers kind of need to keep track of. And, and, and that's, those are the two ends of the spectrum, the online lead generation versus the true cold call, like blanket calling the neighborhoods, right? A, a good sweet spot can be if you're building a list and it's a good list. And what I mean by good list is number one, it's got the right indicators, something like high, I mean, you know, there's high equity, uh, you know, sure. certain areas, certain zip code, um, you know, certain, maybe certain age of the owner, et cetera. And you've done the work to make sure that that phone number is dialable and that it's accurate. Again, skip, whole skip tracing, you know, uh, process. We don't do that. I'm not, and I'm not going to hear and tell you I'm an expert in that. I'm not. I can tell you the people that spend money on their lists get excellent connection rates and they get deals going. I think we had one investor um, so this is a crazy story. This guy is in Austin, one of the hottest markets in the country. Started in December, right? It just started six, almost six, seven months ago. And he got a couple of deals his first month, you know, working with an ISA from us. And he wholesaled them, maybe made 15, 20 grand total from those two deals. I went to visit him in Austin. This was about a month ago. Uh, and his last deal, he's going to tear it down. And uh, 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 I think it was a two bedroom, one bath home, tear down. And he's going to put in a duplex. So he acquired that deal for three hundred thousand cash, and he's going to do a nine nine month build out and cash out at one point three million, right? Oh, so that's wow. like, and you and you can do that in a crazy market like Austin. Like you, you, that's doable, right? That's that's amazing. From that's he's going to all in all, he's going to he's going to net I think two hundred thousand from that from that deal from that nice. deal, right? So that's like in six months to do that. Because yeah. he reinvested like an MF, right? Like just making sure he was growing that list, spending money, uh, generating bigger. He started wholesaling these deals. He didn't have any cash. Started wholesaling these deals in December. And six months down the line, he's doing new construction. Because like you said, Sterling, money is out there. 
right? Money is out there. The people, the thing that people need is deal flow. Absolutely. So have you done any investing of your own or are you focusing? Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not like a super, you know, sophisticated investor. My, my experience, my kind of sweet spot uh, for, for, for a while in Seattle was finding larger homes in Seattle and converting them to duplexes. That was my thing. It's a very high price market, Seattle. So it's difficult to find cash flowing properties, even more so now. Sure. But even when I was doing it, uh, you know, uh, uh, early in my career, it was that was how you could make it make it make sense. You could, you could find a, a property that you could rezone, um, you you'd switch it up, get permits to make it a duplex, and rent out the basement. That was my nice. you know that was kind of my thing, um, and I and I brought a lot of people, I educated a lot of people on that. Uh, you know, high, let me tell you this funny thing: high tech engineers they don't want to do that. They just want to buy the they, they want to buy the duplex, and they'll and they'll take that right. Because that's sure. a, it's gonna it's gonna make the property they're gonna lose a little bit less every month in the property they don't want to go through the the work of that but as an investor I thought that was a lot of fun um you know and I kind of stumbled into that because I, I I did it the wrong way the first time I'm like oh you can <laughs> actually do this the right way okay that's good to know um so I never moved past single family and and well duplexes you want to call them that uh at the beginning for me and that's where I kind of stayed and I've been cashing out properties recently um but yeah that's that's my level of expertise in the whole investor game. Awesome. 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 Well, real quick, I want to head over to our radio round to help our listeners get to know a little bit more about you. So just three quick questions. The first question is what's your favorite book? Okay. So uh, th- this happens to be, so actually uh, for real estate, like pure real estate, it's MREA, millionaire real estate agent. I think it's just a groundbreaking, like amazing. That's the, uh, he, he wrote, it's um, Gary Keller's book. Gary Keller. Yeah. Yeah. It's the I've red book. The one he like, yeah. Bruce I read the blue one, the million dollar real estate. Real estate investor. investor. There we go. That, that yeah. one's also really good. That one's also, that one's also a, a pretty good book. Uh, but I mean, my favorite, I still go to it now. I don't even run a team anymore. I still go to that book because uh, the principles are so solid, um, you know, uh, about running a business uh, that, I, that I use that book. But, you know, my, my sentimental favorite, though, is super being super real with you rich dad poor dad well yeah we get that, that one like a lot. mindset shifting like you know sure, sure. earthquake book for me and just being uh, super real with you just, yeah like, people, people hate that book i mean whatever but I'm i don't like, know anybody who hates it i would say not nine nine out of ten guests say that book i have to yeah. uh, i have oh, to tell people to pick another one most times <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so that's just being real what's your favorite quote uh, what you focus on expands. That's my, cur- I'm really high on that right now. That's my current favorite quote. I'll just, I'll just say it that way. And nice. I got that from a, uh, from a training, what you focus on expands. Nice. Uh, you know? Yeah. So, my favorite quote's I'm- always the one I just read. So yeah, exactly. That, that's the one I'm high on right now. Yeah. Uh, Cause I got so many things to do. I run a pretty big company now. It's, you know, I'm getting pulled all these directions and like, no, bro. I mean, what you focus on expands. What are you, what are you, what are you spending your time on? That's going to grow and move the business forward. Yep. So what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? What's my favorite? Baseball. <laughs> I'm a nice. baseball fan. I just took my kid to a game on Sunday. Um, man, just like to tune out, right? Just turn off the cell phone, sit down with my kid and just watch a, a, a nice game of baseball. Love that. Awesome. And how can our listeners get in touch with you, find out more about you, buy some of your leads, pay yeah, into your absolutely. program? Um, you know, powerisa.com. That's the best way to kind of reach out and uh, start the conversation with us. I'm also, you know, a bigger around Facebook. You can look for me, you know, Power ISA, search for Power ISA on Facebook. We have a free Facebook group, post and join. I always love talking about, you know, marketing and conversion. 
uh, in that in that Facebook group, answer any questions. We can continue the conversation there too. Awesome, awesome. Well, Gustavo, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. I'm certainly going to go to the website and learn more about it because that, as I mentioned, that's definitely a, a struggle for all of us out there. So um, awesome that you're doing out, out there doing what you're doing and, and helping us uh, stay in business. So uh, we'll definitely be following you and keeping in touch till till uh, till we meet again. Have a good one. All right, thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com or follow us on Facebook at Rent Roll Radio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at rentrollradio.com or sterling at crestwordcapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing.